Okay, now making his next on the T debut with me is Mike McGee. Let me give you some background on Mike. He grew up in East Palestine, Ohio, the son of PGA Tour Pro, a four-time winner on the PGA Tour between the PGA and the Senior Tour, and a Western Pennsylvania Golf Association Hall of Famer. That's Jerry McGee, plus his mom, of course, Jill. Mike was a four-year letterman in baseball and an all-Ohio athletic conference player at the University of Mount Union. He is still their all-time leader in saves with 18 and saves in a season with seven. He helped them two appearances in the OAC tournament in three of his four seasons there. He graduated with his degree in sports management with an emphasis in marketing and a minor in psychology. I hear his wife's pretty good at the game of golf. Her name is Annika Sornstam. Mike has managed 20-plus players between the PGA and Corn Ferry Tours. He is also managing the Annika brand and the Annika Foundation. And I am very honored that I get to have him with me this week here on Next on the T. Hey, Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Chris, thank you very much for having me. It's uh, a pleasure. And I didn't know anybody knew about my Mount Union days. So thank you. (laughs) You bet. Mike, I want to start by going all the way back to the early days. I read when you were growing up in East Palestine, it was a community where everybody knew each other. You had backyard games going on every day. Talk about what it was like for you growing up there in the 80s and the early 90s. Absolutely. East Palestine was um, then known as a little city with a big heart. That was the sign when you entered entered the town. Um, it was great, just like any small town. You know, we had a lot of friends and we all lived within a few blocks and played football, basketball and baseball, backyard pickup games literally year round. And um, I'm still dear friends with some of those guys I played with back then. And, and um, it was just great. My mom started teaching school when I was probably in middle school, maybe, maybe early high school. And uh, she taught for 25 years there. We lived right behind the, uh, the high school. So it was a big practice field there. And, and I used to go kick field goals um, in the, in the practice area there and, and practice that and, and just, just loved it. Everybody knew each other. Everybody looked out for one another. And it was a lot of fun. You know, you didn't lock your door. And um, it, the world was was right. And so um, I wish we had a little more of that nowadays. But it was great. And I enjoyed it. And ended up playing um, football, basketball, and baseball in high school. And I was um, set to go to uh, Marietta which is ironically a, a great Division three baseball program. I was set to go there and be quarterback. And I ended up going to Mount Union, which is an amazing football program to play baseball. So that tells you I wasn't that great at either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to the Mount Union stuff in a moment, but I just I want to finish up with the East Palestine stuff because there was a tragic train accident there where toxic chemicals spilled out and contaminated the soil and the water treatment. Talk about the efforts that you and Annika took to help the people there and the Annika for East Palestine campaign. Yeah, thanks for asking about that, Chris. We had a uh, a wonderful event called Annika for East Palestine, F-O-R-E, um, at our dear friend Ed Moransky's club, the Lake Club um, in Poland, Ohio. And we had some celebrities there and basically a big pro-am type event where we were able to raise $400,000 for 
<clears throat> excuse me, for East Palestine. And we wanted the money to go to more building the morale back of the town. You know, youth sports were getting canceled. Nobody wanted to come to East Palestine for track meets or, you know, basketball tournaments or whatever it may be. And so we earmarked um, the 400000 to go towards, you know, youth sports, starting a youth golf program, which is uh, hopefully going to be in my dad's name. Um, not quite a first tee program, but something like that. Then um, to the high school uh, sports teams, they got some nice new uniforms. We wanted to help uh, the cheerleading program and little bulldogs, they're called. And then um, the the arts. My mom loved the the arts, and she started the middle school drama club and uh, built the sets for a lot of the high school plays and kind of lived is literally 300 yards from our house. She kind of lived in the storage area behind the stage, building props and stuff. And, and um, so we gave money to that, that program as well. And just really um, try to do as much as we, we could. And it's a resilient town. It's, it's doing well. Um, unfortunately, you know, there's, there's those that, that are sitting back waiting for a big check with their hand out that don't want to move forward. And as you would imagine, those are the people that that don't own homes and aren't working hard and don't have businesses. So it's a little bit of a divide. But other than that, um, the people that that have been there and care about the community and work hard and have forever in the community, they're pushing forward and doing very well. Well, Mike, let's go back to your college days at Mount Union, located just over the border of Pennsylvania into Ohio, about an hour and a half from Pittsburgh. Talk about, you You mentioned a moment ago, going there to play football. Where did it get onto your map? How did it get onto your, your radar that that's a place that you wanted to go play your college sports? You know, I, I knew about Mount Union because um, some of the, the people that I knew in our town had gone there. And it was a small school. I knew they had a good football team, um, but didn't really know much about it at all, to be honest. And then... I had a good, we didn't have baseball at East Palestine, unfortunately, due to budget cuts for a long time. My junior year, baseball came back. And I remember my senior year, I had a good year. I had to go, I remember telling my buddy, 12 for my last 12 to bat 500 on the season. And I played shortstop, pitched a little bit, and um, only had a fastball. And so they, if they could time it, you know, eventually they were hitting me, but it had a little movement on it. Um but I went 11 for 11, and then they intentionally walked me my last at bat. Oh! And the, it was hilarious. The buddy I told that, he was on second base at the time, and he was absolutely dying laughing, pointing at me and everything, and, and nobody knew what that was about. But um, So he was actually going to Mount Union. Mike Strohecker is his name. And he said, uh, he called me Willie for Willie McGee. He said, Willie, why don't you come check it out, and, um, and maybe we go there together. And so I went with him. And I just, I love the, the field. I love the coach. Um, I love the setting. It's just such a small, quaint, beautiful place. And um, ended up being some of the best four years of my life and, and absolutely loved it. Mike, I grew up a huge Pirates fan in the 1970s. Spent a lot of my summers at Three Rivers Stadium watching the Pirates. That 79 We Are Family team has a special place in my heart. And 
I saw the Mountain Union's Pitcher of the Year Award is named in honor of Pirates great Kent DeCovey. Did you ever get an opportunity to meet or speak to Kent? No, I did not. Um, I believe he went to Marietta, um, but he was a, a, a star in our um, in our Ohio Athletic Conference for sure. Um, and I loved watching him too. I was a, a big Pirates fan. Unfortunately, I haven't paid as close attention um, the last few years when they've struggled, but you know, the outfield of dreams with Bonds, Bonds Benia, and Van Slyke. Um, I went to tons of games, um, including the some of the heartbreakers against the Reds in the, the championship series and, and you know, the Sid Bream years when he beat the Pirates uh, with the Braves. So I, I always love that as well. And I will, will say PNC Park, um, I look forward to taking the family there this summer, hopefully, if, it, if the timing works out with the U.S. Senior Women's Open, which will be not too far from there. If Annika's schedule works and she's able to play, I'd love to take him there. And hopefully um, we've known some some PNC executives through the, the tournament here and hopefully get the kids down on the field. I think that's probably the prettiest park in the country. The outfield looks like a mural, as you know, with the bridges and, and the city backdrop. Now let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about your father. He started out playing baseball and football like you did, turned his attention to golf later on when your grandmother married a club pro. So he must have gotten started in the game a little bit later. Had to come naturally to him because he got really good really fast. Did you ever talk to him about that? Oh, yes. I talked to him a lot about all that. Um, unfortunately, or you know, fortunately, the way things turned out, he had a horrible childhood his uh, real father was a, a raging alcoholic beat the heck out of his mom um, left the family when he was 12 and his step his mom married a guy named Carl Holden um, who was the pro at Perry County Country Club in um, southern Ohio New Lexington and um, so he learned the game there they lived in a trailer across the street from the course with his, uh, you know, eventually his step uh, brother and sister. And Carl was a gruff man as well. You know, he, he was, my dad was very gifted um, with natural talent, unbelievable hands and short game. And he learned the game, like you said, quickly. Carl taught him the, the fundamentals and then he worked his tail off. But as he progressed, you know, Carl got jealous. And my dad, I remember him telling the story, I came up, went out after school, grabbed like four clubs and shot 29 on the front. And I couldn't wait to get in and tell Carl and grab the rest of my clubs and my golf shoes and, and play the, there was just nine holes. So play it again for an 18 hole score. And Carl yelled at him, you got to finish your chores, you know, stuff like that. And if he said, I'm struggling with something, he'd throw a bag of balls at his chest and say, figure it out yourself, hot shot. So I, I, I think that molded him though. He was very determined and he had a, you know, sort of a, a bad temper on the golf course and, and not the best attitude, you know, it was more of a, woe was me. And only I could get, get that kind of bad bounce and Stockton's ball would hit the tree and gone on the fairway, that kind of um, attitude out there. But he also had the fight and Hale Irwin and, and Gary player uh, both told me, you know, they've never seen somebody get as mad as him and play as well as him as part of it. And and Gary has taken it as far as to say your dad could have been world class, you know, had it not been for his temper. 
And I, I explained what I just said. I said, Gary, I'm not sure he would have been out there if he didn't have that. And he didn't have that fight. So sort of a double-edged sword. Mike, your father played out on tour until the early 80s, played some time on what was then the senior tour. But talk about what was life like for him and for you after his time playing out on the PGA Tour. My dad was off the tour uh, by the time I was seven, I think, um, like 82 maybe. And he worked at Oak Tree Country Club, which was about an hour away. And so back to the backyard games, you know, all summer we'd play baseball in the yard and, and I'd hang with my friends and and maybe play golf with them. But I didn't want to go an hour away to where he was with, with no friends and and learn the game properly. And now, of course, looking back, I wish I had done that. I'm an 11 index. You know, I have natural athletic ability, but I, I certainly not honed in on golf and I don't practice much. And, you know, I can make several birdies in a round, but I can make a couple tens too. Um, so no, that's not true. When he was, um, 50, I was graduating high school and about to be a freshman in college when he turned 50 and he was, uh, exempt from the all-time money list to go out on the senior tour then, then called senior PGA tour and play. And that was, uh, life-changing for all of us, you know, with him being a, a club pro and my mom being a teacher, um, we had a very, you know, normal middle-class upbringing and everything. And then he went out there and played for 13, 14 years and, and had some success, never won, but, but always maintained his status and, um, and made, you know, good enough money to, to put some away and, and for my mom to be living comfortably now. And, um, and he took great care of us, paid for our college, my sister, Michelle and, and mine, and which is awesome. And, and just, we had a great life. And, but when he, when we started going to these tournaments, I loved the whole life, you know, around it and the business of it. And so I immediately changed my major to sports management and with a marketing emphasis and wanted to get in the tournament operations business. And I was lucky to do that. Literally graduated college. We, we finished our, our tournament at Marietta. My senior year baseball tournament after school had been done, went back, graduated. And the next day, my grandpa took me down to the Scarlet Course at Columbus uh, to work for executive sports. My first tournament with them in tournament operations was the Women's NCAA Championship, which you can imagine was a lot of fun for someone just out of college. <laughs> <laughs> and ironically, that's where Annika won her NCAA Championship. When I look back at your father's playing career, he got a good omen right before he got his first win at the Pensacola Open in 1975. I read that your your parents went out to dinner. He ordered oysters, opened one up, found a pearl inside it. And from there, he goes on to win the golf tournament. That's a pretty good omen to get prior to your first win. That is. that That's true. I told that story. We had oysters the other night um, during New Year's. And as I was trying to shuck them, I told that story. So. 1975. A couple of years later, he gets to play in a victorious U.S. Ryder Cup team. 1977, they played it at Royal Lytham in St. Anne's. Dow Finsterwald was the U.S. captain that year. They would go on to win 12 and a half to seven and a half. Your father was one and one that week. Where did that event rank for him amongst the things he got to do while he played out on tour? Easily number one. Easily number one. He is um, 
so proud of, of representing the United States in the Ryder Cup. You know, of course, now it's grown into such a, a massive event and, and business and everything. It wasn't obviously like that back then. But um, as it grew, his pride grew with it. And every single time we went to so many sporting events together when I was little, he took me to football, basketball, baseball games, Cavs, uh, YSU. We rarely missed a Steeler home game. Um, and it was just so much fun and high school sports, everything. And every time the national anthem was played, he's <laughs> sorry, it makes me choke up. He stood there um, with his hand on his heart and tears in his eyes. And he said it always reminded him of, of them raising the flag and singing after they won the Ryder Cup. And, and I've always loved that and appreciated that. And obviously the people that fight for our country and it drives me absolutely bonkers when I see these idiots kneeling and not respecting the flag for our national anthem. Your father also had the opportunity to play in the Masters seven times. Best finish was a tie for fifth in 72, finished four strokes back at Jack Nicklaus. Where did the Masters rank for him? And if you got to go rank for you amongst the things that you both got to be a part of. That was um, number one in terms of, of, you know, playing annually. That was his favorite event. Um, he loved the, the pageantry around it. He loved, you know, driving down Magnolia Lane. I remember him saying he had to turn the windshield wipers on, driving down Magnolia Lane every time because he was tearing up so badly. Um, he played, you know, well there the first year. I think that was the first year he played. He finished fifth and, and didn't... Um, play as well after that but I remember going there as a kid and um you know I had bad allergies and I remember my allergies acting up I remember staying at a at a home that had a pool and aquarium I don't know why I remember that stuff but um not so much walking around the course back then but as I um grew up with him though and, and when he watched it in the 80s it was always a big deal for me to watch it with him and and he would still choke up to the song that that was played. Unfortunately, they don't play it as much anymore. I miss that. They used to always play that same tune every time, but now they have a little different music coming in and out of breaks and stuff. But um, they used to, it used to be a song too. And I knew the words to the song growing up um, rather than just the music. And it just meant a lot. And when Jack won in 86, I remember my dad almost sobbing and being there and watching it with him. Um, and then being able to go there, Later in my life, when I was an agent, um, meant a lot to me and still does. And, you know, I've been blessed to play there a couple of times with Annika and then with her being um, a member now. It's just it's like a dream. And I know he would be so proud. I know he's looking down, um, smiling. And and I think of him every time I'm there. Mike, I got to have Paul Alexander on the show a month or so ago, and Paul is a wonderful friend. He was the MC of the Western Pennsylvania PGA Section Hall of Fame induction ceremonies a few months back when your father got inducted, and you got to induct him into that Hall of Fame. What was that night like for you? It was great. Um, tremendous honor for him, and and I was glad to be able to go. My mom and sister came along as well, and it was it was kind of comical. <clears throat> excuse me we um i i realized later on um carol simple thompson asked me 
you know, if I was going, I said, no, the dates don't work. And she said, well, give me a date that does work and you know, we'll make it happen. And we want you to be there. And I said, okay. And I gave her this date that I knew worked for, for my mom and my sister and me. And then I realized that it was a uh, Thursday night and the Steelers were playing at home. And I was half annoyed that, that I picked that day because I wanted to watch the game. And, and I know everybody else in attendance probably wanted to watch the game. But then I thought, we can turn this into a positive and go to the game after the induction, which is what we did. Um, unfortunately, the lady, I don't remember her name, but she got inducted before us. I mean, everybody spoke for like two to five minutes. Um, the, the setup about the person and then the person accepting um, or the person accepting on the, the inductee's behalf. And this lady spoke for 45 minutes. Wow. I'm talking every shot she hit as a, as a kid. She worked with Arnold Palmer's dad as her coach. She became a, uh, a veterinarian. And I mean, she did a lot of amazing things. And she like took care of thoroughbred horses and all, all this stuff. And, and I mean, on and on and on. And, and she lost half the room. Literally, people left. And I was just so antsy because I wanted to get to the game. I mean, she literally cost us over a quarter of watching the game. Um, but so I got up and immediately said um, that we had a bunny at home. <laughs> uh, didn't have any horses, but we had a bunny. But it was a great night. We made it to the game um, by halftime. Saw the second half. PNC was kind of to put us up in their suite. And um, it was one of those indoor, outdoors. So we were inside and warm, but had the the, the glass open and we were sitting in the front row so you could feel the, the chill in the air and um and it was just amazing and they came back and won and we we shed some tears as a family because that was uh that's what my dad would have wanted and where he would have been that night speaking of recent events with your family members Annika and your son will played in the pnc championship will played exceedingly well they finished 10th what was it like getting to watch them play in that event uh, that's become our favorite event of the year, and we're we're so thankful for PNC, including us, um, to get to see, you know, Will inside the ropes with Annika, and to get the caddy for them and, and be right there. I mean, it just means so much. And you know, he's watched her do it the last few years, um, and he's obviously taken a. He loves the game. He's very passionate about it. He's quit all other sports. That's all he wants to do, and. He wants to play professionally one day and play in college and and this um seeing him play in you know that kind of atmosphere with with big crowds and TV cameras standing behind them and and everything and not missing a beat um never mentioning nerves never mentioning you know it feels weird hitting a shot on 18 when everybody's sitting there looking at you and for him to play as well as he did but to handle himself as well as he did Excuse me, the last two years, I mean, his interviews, his interaction with the fans, thanking the volunteers, um, thanking the service people. There's a 10 on 17 with where service men and women, um, it's built for them right on the green. Every time he walked off, he'd wave and say, thanks for, for your support and what you do. And I mean, that kind of stuff means more to me than the golf. Mike, working with Annika now, I have to imagine everybody wants a piece of her and her time. How do you manage finding the right opportunities and making sure the people that you're dealing with have her best interests at heart over their own best interests. 
plus protecting time for you guys to spend as a family. That's got to be very challenging. That's a, a great. <laughs> she just happened to walk in and she pumped her fists in the air, like protect my time. Um, it, it is, you know, it is a challenge. You know, she has seven or eight wonderful partners still. And she, she has time she has to give them each year and wants to give them and, and thanks for their support. Um, but she gets a lot of corporate outing opportunities. You know, some I'm seeking, some um, find us, but she's, uh, she's amazing at, at time management. So she can fit more into a day than, than I or, or anybody I know could. Um, so that's a, a good start. She tells me at the end of every year when she, she gets worn out, it's always, it's the same every year. I'm not doing this much next year. Um, please, you know, don't book me for this and that. And then, um, you know, here we are in January, we already have minimum of six corporate outings already planned and we're, we're two weeks into the year. So, um, it, it's nice that she's wanted and the companies. Um, see value in her, either representing their brand or um, being there to entertain their clients or customers. Um, I will say, I know I'm biased, but she's a better person than she ever was golfer. She's so natural in those settings. She can talk, you know, stocks with with an older crowd or, or Wall Street. Um, she can talk school with with younger kids. She can talk, you know, achieving goals and and changing careers when you're at the top to, to try to do something else and climb another mountain as she says she can talk philanthropy you know with our foundation it's just she's just amazing and um and she's so humble and it's it's an honor to work uh for her and with her we we literally share an office here at lake nona and and um she always says that i i get the deals and she does them but it it just it works well, you know. We we see the world the same way. We we get along with everything. We both work hard, but we have fun. We both put family first, and any trip that we can um, tie in bringing the kids, we absolutely do it. You know, all the the, the one day outings and that that I used to go um, to with her. You know, now I'm here. I'm home with the kids, and I I love that time with them as well. But we uh, we ham and egg it you know, the best we can. Um, rarely do we have just a fun trip. You know, we go to Lake Tahoe for for Christmas or, or spring break, and there's not many work things tied to that. But most of the time when we take the kids on these beautiful trips we get to do, it, it's tied to some some work she's doing. And, and the kids understand that and they uh, respect that and they, they enjoy it. They enjoy seeing her play. They enjoy being a part of it. Um, Ava's an amazing supporter. She doesn't play golf as much. I wish she would. Her her eye hand coordination's off the charts. Um, she's gonna play softball this year for the first time. But um it's it's I guess I'm rambling, but family first and and time management. She's just great at that. Mike, just a couple more before I let you go. And we've danced around the Steelers a little bit during the conversation. Huge playoff game coming up this weekend in Buffalo. What are your thoughts? Do we have a shot? You know, with TJ Watt out, I think it's going to be um, difficult. I but we always have a shot. You know, we have an amazing defense, um, and as much as I love seeing Josh Allen play, he's he's prone to a turnover too. So 
there, there's always a chance. Um, I would have rather seen us go to Kansas City and play there. I think they're uh, much more gettable, if you will, this year. Um, but I'll be watching our, our junior tournament. We have our Annika Invitational. I should say our Hilton Grand Vacations Annika Invitational presented by Rolex um, starting this weekend. And Annika has a clinic on Sunday. We have our Junior Am Saturday. And our winner gets to play in the, the amateur division of the LPGA tournament next week, the Tournament of Champions, which will be great. Um, but I told her from from 1 to 4.30, I'll be there. And then I'll get out to your clinic as soon as I can. I'll be watching. <laughs> Mike, before I let you go, how can our listeners stay up to date with you and Annika and all the great things you guys are doing together, whether we're following you online or it's on social media? Yes. Um, AnnikaFoundation.org has all of our uh, events. We have seven global events for junior girls. Um, I, I really don't think many individuals are doing more for for females and growing the game and that than Annika is. and. We have a great new CEO, Rob Ono, who worked for the tour for 25 plus years, and he's taken us to the next level. Really excited about what the future holds there. And then uh, you can follow us in social media. It's Annika59 on uh, Twitter and AnnikaS59 on Instagram. She's pretty active on those. And um, I forget what I am. I, I think I'm Annika Mike McGee or something like that. But yeah. We well, Mike, and we post as much as we can. Well, Mike, it's been a huge thrill getting to spend some time with you today. Happy anniversary to you and Annika. I hope you guys have a fantastic day and I hope we get the opportunity to catch up with you again sometime. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work. And yeah, 15 years today. We're going to have a nice dinner tonight. So good thank for you. you guys. Take care, Mike. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. Thank you. That is the wonderful Mike McGee, folks. What a tremendous guy. And he and Annika together form a fantastic team out there growing our game in so many ways. And kudos to them for following that horrific train accident over in East Palestine, Ohio, going back and trying to make the lives better for those folks and getting them back on their feet. And you know, like he talked about, helping the kids and getting the, the sports programs back up and running. Tremendous stuff. And Mike is now doing great things out there with the Annika brand and the foundation and helping grow our game in so many different ways. Obviously, Annika does such an outstanding job growing the game on both the, the young people side and our junior programs all the way through. People look up to her and, and rightly so. And because of that, our game is way better off. So kudos to Annika Sornstam for all she has done over the course of her career. Hopefully they get to go back and be a part of the U.S. Uh, Women's Senior Open this year that's going to be held there in Pittsburgh. The Legends of the LPGA are wonderful partners of ours. I know that is a huge event for them. And kudos again to Annika for helping grow that piece because the Legends of the LPGA Tour deserve a lot more credit and a lot more eyeballs and clicks than they get. And she has been fantastic to help with that as well. But hopefully we get the privilege of catching up again with Mike very, very soon. I know he's doing more stuff this year. I'd love to Hear about the great things that they are doing throughout the re remainder of 2024 as we get into the, later on in the year, look ahead to 25 and what they'll be doing. And then Will, what a wonderful young man that boy looks like. And to be able to do the things that he did that Mike talked about, that the crowds and all of that sort of stuff, that he has already been able to adjust to that, do the interviews and not have those things become too big for him. He's got a great place in this game. 
So very much looking forward to watching his career grow in our game as well. But thank you so much to Mike. Look forward to catching up with him again real soon.